0: Let's go. Bingetown, how are we feeling today? It's your boy, Davey Solomons, here with Kyle, Luke, and Jimmy. If you didn't know from the title of this episode, we are continuing our coverage of Peaky Blinders with Season 6, Episode 4, Sapphire. Unfortunately, still no red right-hand intro music. Crazy. But we do get a lot of developing stories and subtleties that I personally think are going to be huge to look out for going forward, such as Tommy's Ailment, Gina Gray's love life, if that's what you even want to call it, and the agreement of the deal between Jack Nelson, Oswald Mosley and Tommy. So without much further ado, let's just get into our open discussion of general thoughts on the episode.
1: Yeah, Kyle, you texted us having some interesting thoughts. Let's see. Let's get your opinion first.
2: Well, I don't really want to get into the Tommy's diagnosis until we get to the scene. I guess I'll just say generally, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um. Like, the idea of it. Obviously, we have two episodes and we'll see where things go, but I just don't love the idea of it. But um, but it was just nice to get, although we were giving Ada her well-do plaudits last episode, uh, it was nice to get a nice Tommy-centric episode where he kind of yeah every scene. It was nice to be back that way. And part of me with this red right hand, I mean, Tommy had his drink. He's, is he getting back to be crazy time? Like, it would be pretty crazy if, like, next episode it comes in because now he is the man with the red right hand again. That would be cool. -hmm. I would like that.
0: That's a good point. I think it's definitely a correlation between how Tommy's feeling and the intro music being there. So we'll see.
1: I think that it's going to be like a a thing now. Like it's not just going to casually just happen randomly next episode. Yeah. Whenever it
3: does. yeah, Yeah. I
1: would not be surprised if it is the end of season six. Like it's the last scene. Leading up into the movie, and it's the first time you hear it all season because that'd be pretty cool. That would be hype. Yeah.
3: So I have two thoughts, and I I have some thoughts as well, Kyle, when it comes to the diagnosis. But my other two thoughts here are: I think this episode cemented the fact that your girl Beth Harmon slash Genius as Anya slash Anya sucks, (laughs) and there's no um, reason for her to be in the show. I think they underutilized to the max on your Anya Taylor Joy. Um you know, she's a star and really I was hoping that they were going to give her a lot more, but now she's, we, you know, we wanted her to be maybe like the hidden big dog or, you know, but now she's just going to be the guy or the guy, the girl who's banging Mosley and Tommy's going to use her for that, which is a shame. Um, Finally, Finn's shown and he's just shown for two seconds and we get no reason why he's missing. So, whatever i guess
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i must have missed that when did he when was he was that?
1: at the funeral
0: oh okay i yeah. totally missed
1: it too but i'm happy that you caught that yeah i have no freaking idea what's going on with he ben. has a
0: girl apparently
1: yeah i mean maybe maybe he'll be in i don't know i don't even know where it could possibly go that it would make me be satisfied with him missing but this episode definitely had two moments where i draw dropped and then the one was the reveal about gina banging mosley and yeah. then the other one is is going to be in this first group of scenes we talk about where tommy just starts lighting up the yeah. gypsies i was like holy shit man and yep. jimmy is that what you texted us about that, when you said that dang
3: is, yep that is yeah. what i texted you guys about it because i watched it pretty soon after our last pot and i didn't want to <laughs> say too much because i didn't know i knew that there was going to be a little bit of a break because we had that day in between so i didn't know when you guys were going to watch so i didn't want to mm-hmm. be like guys get ready for this awesome thing to happen or this yeah. crazy thing to happen so i i didn't say anything but yeah i mean i that was crazy that was crazy tommy being back to being mm-hmm.
0: a badass we don't yeah. condo- condone murder but <laughs> when it's like that it's pretty fucking badass <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it was it was Tommy being Tommy again. That's the thing. I mean, we said exactly. it, we asked if it was going to happen and it did right away. Yeah. I'll lay out. But these he and... said, yeah, I mean, he said, that's it though. He did say, I I, I committed these murders and now I'm done and I'm going to
0: be good. Guess who's back to drinking too. Mm-hmm. Four episodes later. I thought it was going to be two. Luke thought it was going to be one. And here we are four episodes later. So he held out a lot better than we thought, but Love and hate to see him go back down that drinking hole. <laughs> no, nah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: before we get started here though, I wanted to bring this up because now that this is our first episode, we're actually recording when the season's dropped for us in America, it's actually like out. Um, I looked up the Rotten tomato scores, and I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I was just so curious at what the general consensus is for this mm-hmm. season compared to other seasons and do you guys have any guesses like how it would rank relative to the other ones? If you don't know,
0: if I were to guess, I th- I'm going to guess that people have it higher than what I would expect it to be. I going to guess the people more have it
3: seasons. lower.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm going to go with Jimmy. I think it's going to be a little bit lower than like the big seasons, like season four, or season two. Mm.
1: So I don't know if it's going to change with time because it's, it's, it, it's it really
3: shouldn't because it's been out. Yeah, you know it's know been I mean? out. It had,
1: yeah. I think it had 30 critic consensus numbers and the, and the audience score had a lot of numbers. So mm-hmm. it seems like it's aggregated and it had 100% from wow. The, wow. From a hundred percent. Wow. Wow. Critic perspective. I think the oh, audience critic. was like okay. 94, but that's okay. still very impressive. And I did hear that people absolutely love the finale of this season. Okay. So I'm thinking that's going to have a lot of weight and impact on it. And I'm all for it. I don't know. I, Maybe I'm by myself here, but I've been loving this season. I definitely think it's top, like it's it's up there. I, and maybe it's because we're podcasting and analyzing it, and it's still holding up to me writing wise. A couple missteps here there, but
0: so far so good, and I'm freaking loving it. The thing is with Peaky Blinders, the writing's never bad. Like every season is going to be at, at the very least good to great. And it does come as a surprise to me because I definitely would not have put this at 100% or a 94% from my perspective. I would give those kind of scores to like what Kyle said, like the, the fours and two seasons. But I the, the fact that you mentioned that people love the ending already just makes me hype and just ready to continue watching as if I, I mean, not that I was ever going to stop, of course, but my good hype.
3: Yeah, my take when I did the thumbs down was that usually when you have like a diehard fandom and a show is ending, they're yeah. not happy about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, no, and usually people aren't happy with the ending to hear that they're happy. Hopefully that means they're actually happy and they're not like, oh, it was fine. But we're hoping the movie fixes something. Mm-hmm. We're hoping that it's going to be a, a good landing. And like you said, look, I am enjoying the season a lot. I mean, the only thing really that I'm having issues with is Anya Taylor-Joy.
1: Okay and I have a blind spot for her so that doesn't <laughs> matter to me. There you go.
0: And <laughs> say my only one We've already iterated this enough but Finn is just obviously the biggest yeah like, red flag. I this. mean,
3: I don't think he's like missed that much. No no, 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 no offense to him, but it's just weird that he was being shown a lot last season as like an up and come or someone that they're trying to mold and get ready and say like yo, stop doing all this crazy shit. You need to be a a Peaky Blinder. You need to be a Shelby. Like they were kind of like teaching him lessons. And now all of a sudden it's just like, hey, we're not going to show you. He shows up for two seconds at Ruby's funeral. And then that's it again.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's I'd re- almost rather him not have shown up at the funeral so that we're still being like, all yeah, right, give me the way. reason. Give me that freaking
1: <laughs> reason. <laughs> so let me lay out these first couple scenes and we'll keep talking about it because this is the beginning. And this whole episode because it's tommy centric it kind of has to happen in order um but the first scenes we can just open the floor for are the ruby funeral scene um and then let's talk about in the same bucket when tommy goes and gets the revenge on those gypsies and lights them all up and then ending with esme telling him about his um what's the word i'm looking for like bastard son yeah strange son right. strange yeah. son, dude yeah, yeah. so
3: like, all of those technically scenes... it's bastard son but yeah
2: I will say, just very low hanging fruit comment that Natasha O'Keefe was amazing in this Mm -hmm, episode. mm -hmm. She was so good at the funeral. She's been MVP in
3: this entire season. Yeah,
2: she was so good at the funeral. And this is Lizzie. For I guess anyone out there that doesn't know um, who plays Lizzie, but she was great in the scene when Tommy comes back. When he's like, you know, this is that's the it. Like I'm, I like his when he uses the analogy. Like I'm on this boat, and there's a lot of fucking bodies on that boat. But I'm stepping onto this other boat, and she like isn't Mm -hmm. about it. I just thought she was really good.
1: Uh, just to comment off that, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but it's Lizzie related. I think I was completely wrong because at the end of last podcast episode, I said that Ruby's death could be an out for Lizzie and she might get out of the game. But I think it got re-emphasized that she is going to stick around when she was asking Tommy about coming back to bed and talking yeah. about and Charles, Charles gets referred to as
2: her son.
3: Yeah, he said, episode. go see your mom. Yes, he has, go to your mom. And I was like, actually
2: surprised by that. So I, I th- thought th- I he was sticking around say like you know that's not my real mom or something mm-hmm. like that you know mm-hmm. so seems we'll like see.
1: Lizzie's not gonna tap out and she's gonna you know go the yep. distance until Tommy mm-hmm. dies. Well, she's diehard
2: baby. I'm glad that like there wasn't really any negative repercussions of Arthur not stepping up to give the speech. <laughs> I I was kind of worried in the moment because obviously this is an emotional time. Tommy, we know, can be a very erratic character at times.
0: Definitely unstable.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so I was kind of like, is there going to be any type of retribution or payback for this? So I'm glad that it didn't come out that way.
3: I actually thought this was going to be the time to reintroduce Finn. I thought he was going to say, all right, well, you're the other brother. You do it because they do show him getting walked by. That's the first time you see him. Like, you can kind of think
2: you're seeing Jimmy's him. He's got those laser eyes
3: on Finn. Yeah, like, I literally, <laughs> dude, as soon as they showed the funeral, I was like, he's going to be there. If he's a, if he's around, he's going to be there. And for a while, you're, like, looking, and, I'm, and he's far away, and you're like, I think that's him. Tommy walks right by him. It's definitely him. Arthur says, I can't do it. So I'm thinking, all right, he's going to go to Finn and say, you do it. But, I mean. As Tommy walks by and then he does a speech, they zoom in and it's definitely Finn, obviously. But I'm just saying I I did think that that was going to be the intro to Finn for this season. Yeah. I don't don't really have a
2: ton to say, I guess, about Tommy's murders. Um, I'm sure that felt on a certain level for him very great and cathartic. I I like that we get the scene of him, like the aftermath immediately of him kind of throwing the gun part and breaking everything, kind of showing like how fucked up he is. Crying. but yeah, the, uh, yeah, true. We never really see that happen with him. Mm-hmm. But the the Esme, a strange son storyline feels weird. A little late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It feels like where could this possibly go? I mean, is this guy going to be like Michael 2.0? Like, I
0: don't, yeah. uh,
2: it's, it, it just, yeah, I think that's the right way to say it, it feels like it's too late. Yeah.
0: Was he ever referenced in mm. like who was the woman he w- they were talking no, about? No one. Not
3: even that woman, man. Okay. The one that wasn't sure. The, yeah, the one that Jesse Eden brings up, it's not the same one because the one Jesse Eden brought up dies.
0: So was this an off-screen lover then that was just to-
3: like a lover be- between Yeah. her
0: yeah, like This is before the war, she said. Yeah, like
3: he goes to war after the kid like the kid is born while he's in war, I'm pretty sure she said.
0: Okay. Cause I was like, I was drawing those last kingdom comparisons with Uhtred and his son that gets pulled away from him. And right. Like at least that was referenced. We saw what happened there and we knew he had that kid and we had just been waiting for the moment, but here it's just, that came out of left field for me.
3: Yeah. And it also brings up more issues with the fact that how is Lizzie going to react? Like her daughter dies. And then if Tommy brings in a new son, she's going to be like, okay, great. So now you have another son, you're trying to replace our daughter. Uh, yeah,
2: I just now don't, Tommy uh, has a terminal illness, so like, is he? Gonna, yeah, like, is he gonna take this kid on when he knows he's gonna? Like, he's gonna pawn this kid off basically to Lizzie. I mean, like, him, him getting this kid into his life is essentially him just passing this kid off to Lizzie. I mean, so far he <laughs> said, up.
3: "Yeah." I mean, so far he said, "Like, get him out of my face." Right? Yeah. So he's gonna take him in because we know Tommy. I mean, literally, <laughs> the joke is that like. Whenever somebody does something and they have to kill somebody, they take the kids and take them in. You know, it's so Tommy's definitely going to take this guy in and his name is Duke, right?
0: Yep. Yes. This this is Finn's replacement. Put it on the board. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) They were like, all right, Finn's getting cut in season six. Let's introduce this new character to replace him.
2: What if they repurpose his actor? What if it was Finn's actor, but they made him a separate character? What if they were
3: just like Finn? Yo, you're Tommy's bastard son. Actually, you're (laughs) you're not his brother. (laughs) I I
1: do wish the scene was just deleted. Like Esme did not need to reappear, and this whole thing just didn't need to happen. And it's not even like the scene itself was bad. It's just the implications of what's going to happen. And we're we're saying that there's no real path. There's no time to form a connection with this character. All it can do is just leave an uncomfortable feeling when Tommy decides, yeah, okay, you're part of the squad now, and then Lizzie's going to have to
2: deal with it all. Yeah, I'm willing to eat crew if we're wrong about this, and it becomes a good storyline, but it just doesn't feel like it's happening. At
3: yeah. least he seems a little bit older, so it's not like a kid. I mean, I, I, mean, he's, I guess he's technically a kid. He's probably 16-ish, but... It, Maybe it's like the Michael thing, but at least he's not like, you know, Charlie's age or Ruby's age, you know, which Mm. wouldn't make any sense. You know, he's going to have a they must think that they need him for the movie.
2: Yeah, possibly. Last Um, thing I'll say about these is just R.I.P. Ruby gone too soon. Sad death.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, she said
2: it. I liked her as a little character. I mean, she wasn't in a bunch, but I mean.
3: Yeah, you said it, Kyle, about Lizzie's actress. Natasha, you said her name is Yeah, Natasha O'Keefe, Natasha O'Keefe killed it. I mean, so did Killian Murphy with his speech, even Arthur giving his actor, you know, his actor showing how in pain he is and how he can't give the speech. But this is the thing here. Here's my question. He like later we get the answer, but he's back on the drugs during the scene. Right. That's why he can't do it. Or is he just saying I'm too upset?
0: I thought he was just going through severe withdrawal. Yeah. Like he was shaking and like relying on uh, what's his name? Jeremiah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah. As like a but I, crutch.
3: But I yeah. thought that there's like scenes later where he's like back on it and he's oh, like no, collapsing
0: I've, and shit. That, that definitely is a thing. I mean, I, I just I wonder why it happened after him and Tommy had that deep heart to heart. That's like the only thing I'm like weirded out by is that it seemed like he was sober. Him and Tommy have that great conversation of like, all right, we're We're brothers again, you know, let's run this show. And then Arthur just goes and robs these Chinese people of all their opium.
2: I think it was just a relapse. I really, I think he was trying to be clean. It was really impacting him physically like they showed. And then he relapsed terribly hard.
3: My guy didn't show up like I thought he would, man. I I made a declaration. That guy better show up next episode. Yeah. (laughs) Al Capone. Al Capone better show the (laughs) hell up.
1: Um, Let's move along here because this is the next quick, grouping before we get to the real entree of the episode uh it is just tommy returning to lizzie after doing the gypsy murdering and and basically proclaiming his um path forward of trying to find a cure for tuberculosis and then also going to lean super heavy into being a spy for winston churchill and then after that conversation is him going to meet arthur in the in the wine cellar so we can keep talking how we are i just if we want to bring up anything about the Lizzie and the Tommy quick conversation, because that really gets
0: fleshed out later. Uh, Nothing on that. My uh, only comment I really have is with the Arthur situation. And that conversation made me hopeful again, as an Arthur fan (laughs) That okay, here we go. Redemption. And he just goes and robs these people. And it's like, OK, now are the Chinese going to be the movie villains with this nah. opium trade? <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> no, come on, I'm just, you think everybody's coming up, but, for the blinders? They're not like no, they fuck
0: I, up everybody. You, you can't. But what I was like with what I mentioned to you before we hopped on the pod, though, it's like if I'll get to it when we get to it. But if Michael ends up not being the main villain, then they ha- would have to introduce someone. And it's possible it could be the Chinese in a sense
2: What for the movie.
0: Yeah, or but
2: well, movie, I, you know, I, I would be so disappointed if the movie is them battling the Chinese in the opium trade. Yeah, yeah,
3: I think that
0: would be stupid too. Absolutely, it would just come out of left field. But
3: I think yeah. that at where we're standing right now, you know, Michael, Jack, or Mosley again, you know, it, it are the only options. Like, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be okay with it just being like, oh, the Chinese is mad at us. Here's a movie for two hours. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. can't be it.
1: No,
2: yeah. I liked uh, in this scene that um that Tommy kind of confirms part of the things that people, especially Lizzie has been saying to him of like when she says to him in episode one, it, it's like you have a list and everything is just one step towards checking everything off on that list. And he says to Arthur, since Polly died, everything has just been left, right, left, right, just trying to take the next step. Um, and I thought that was nice that they, they brought back and kind of confirmed that that's actually the way he's been thinking.
1: Mm hmm. I thought this scene was fucking amazing between yeah. these two brothers. But the problem is that... Two brothers. The opium relapse later takes away from it because I thought this was like a real breakthrough 100%. from them. And I'll just say a couple things about it. One, when when Tommy drinks for the first time, he drinks the wine, there's some nice background bass that kicks in, man. Because the <laughs> music department knows...
2: Dude, like, they've been on one go. this season, I feel yeah. like.
1: And then um, the other thing is I really like... Anytime they talk and they get into real, real deep emotional moments, they always reference the war. So it was cool. I don't is allegory the right word or maybe metaphor that the whole conversation turns towards Tommy talking about that. And Tommy lays it out, says, like, Arthur, like, what's going to happen is you're going to change your ways doesn't. And then he says, and I'll change the fucking world, which yeah. he's, he's Love is working towards doing that. But now we're kind of on a time limit here because of the reveal at the end. But overall, I thought it was just like a great scene because you never as much as you don't get to see Tommy go through emotional things. It still felt more powerful for me to even see Arthur have that conversation with him. So I just I just loved it front to back. And it was just a cool moment between the Shelby brothers because it could be their last time they ever can really talk like this because it seems like shit's about to really hit the fan. Two more episodes in a movie.
2: Yeah, honestly, Jimmy, when you were saying that the funeral scene was like, whoa, Arthur, and I wish I knew what his actress name was off the top of my head. Uh, I do, I do, but uh, oh, that he's good a good up. actor. But this scene, I I literally thought that in my head, like he is such a good actor. He's so good at acting mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. This, like mm-hmm. he's going through withdrawal. He's drunk. He's amazing at acting drunk. I don't know if he actually gets drunk.
3: Paul like, Anderson. On the set.
2: There you go. Well, shout out to Paul Anderson, because yeah. he was amazing at being Arthur. Yeah. But I did like that, I guess a little bit of symbolism when they kind of... I, it's not really shake hands, but they embrace their hands and Tommy's hand is like squeaky clean and Arthur's is like really dirty.
0: Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. think
2: that's like a good basically symbol of their relationship. Tommy's the boss that gives out the orders, Arthur's kind of the head muscle. I just thought that was nice.
0: Yeah. Was, was there something symbolic with the cup too? The way tommy came in he was like there's pl- like trip, f- trip 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 <laughs> yeah there's like 50 other barrels around that are full and he's like why are you using that one i I wasn't <laughs> sure if that went over my head or something
3: he basically just said like i don't want to open any of your other wines or uh, wine barrels right i mean basically this this whole scene kills it just the whole conversation the story that tommy gives where the first they're joking about what was it? A wrestling match, right? You know, they're yeah, wrestling for something
2: might have been a real fight, actually.
3: Yeah. They're yeah. Tussling, whatever. And Tommy at first is joking. Like I beat you. And Arthur's like, I think it was a tie brother. Like, I'm pretty sure it was a tie. And then the whole thing turns where Tommy's like, now that we're at this point, I actually realized that you let me win and you've been letting me win and rooting for me my entire life, which is just damn. Yeah. You just freaking summed up Arthur's character for six seasons in one scene which is amazing because it's so true. We talk about, I mean, Kathleen's not on the pod, but Kathleen hasn't liked Arthur because of his character traits. And, you know, she's not, it's not like she's wrong or anything. Arthur has a lot, a lot of flaws, but if there's one thing you can say about Arthur that is just gold and and good for him is that, you know, he loves his family. He loves his brother and he's rooting for his brother and he needs to make sure even over himself that his brother succeeds, even though he said, you know, if, you don't succeed, and if you die or if you're gone, what the hell's going to happen to me? You know he pl- he plays it off that way, but at the same time, you know it's just I love my brother, and I'm trying to make sure he
2: succeeds.
1: It's just it's just a crazy relationship. Like imagine that being your brother brother relationship. I can't. Yeah, it's
2: a lot of pressure.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything
0: else on this part? No, And just one. reiterating, Tommy's back to drinking. So yeah, see where okay. that goes. Alright, so this is going to be probably our longest
1: talked about bucket here and just I'll get through everything because it's just going to cover the entire night after he meets with Arthur and he has this whole political meeting. Um, so what just happened here is all the big players in this season come to the Shelby house. Was it the House of Commons or was this a Shelby match? No, it was Shelby's. Was, okay, okay. Yeah. so we have Mosley, Deanna, Laura from the IRA and then Uncle Jack showing up and this is the real talk. It's time to get the actual business done here. The quick Charles scene mm-hmm. and the, the, with reference of Lizzie being his mom, that happens the whole IRA singing of the song before Tommy comes into the room. <laughs> and then Tom, and, and during that there, part, <laughs> yeah, during that part is when we get the quick check-ins with the other Shelby's being Ada, Lizzie and Arthur and what they're doing. So that's free reign to talk about. And then of course, when Tommy actually sits down at the table and then they come to the conclusion of their whole business deals.
0: I was a coward. she just she's continuing to cower in the corner while these people are meeting. and she acted so strong episode one and now look at her. She's just a nobody at this table.
3: That's exactly what I was gonna say. I think Kyle, you were the first one that said you were so surprised at that m- first introduction of her and her conversation with Tommy. And really, she is cowering when it comes to these people. and you would think that she should be standing or sitting, <laughs> technically right with them and acting like she's equal to them, Mm -hmm. but she's scared.
1: She does throw her weight around saying that she can turn the Irish people that support her towards fascism if needed. And they kind of respect that, but you're right. Like she just is totally the lowest on the totem pole in this room, even below Deanna, who technically doesn't really have any weight besides being Mosley's plus one, but she throws a lot of her weight around.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Holy shit. I feel like, yeah. like I feel like Mosley's plus one is almost like an insult to her. Yeah, she's almost it's like technically like the biggest dog true. there. Yeah, but exactly the way just the way she speaks and like what she actually contributes. She seems like the top dog
0: in the room almost. Yeah. She seems like the most well. She seems very studious, I would say, more so than anyone else. Jack. Jack has his knowledge from the streets, I would say. Oswald Mosley is an educated man, but to me, the way she has all these facts and information about just the entire world just, for me, makes it seem like she's the most intelligible of all. She them. plays
2: the game, man. Yeah, yeah. she's a, she's definitely very well-connected. She I plays did, the I game just, of houses, man. I did think it was funny that Jack was like, ah, come on, like, sing, sing us some songs. Yeah. <laughs> he just... <laughs> He's growing on me, I feel like, the way that he acts, because at first it was like, whatever, because the meeting with Tommy. But now that I see his like, he really doesn't give a fuck who he's with. he just acts like a like a cocky guy. I kind of like that about him.
0: She was like, I'm not singing this song in no way. (laughs) She looks at Mosley and he's just like, sing it. I dare you. And she goes for it. But She does a good job. She she kills it.
3: Yeah. And it's super telling that Gina wasn't in the room, not even close to being in the room. Yeah. Sorry, Luke. (laughs) yeah but you know
2: (laughs) you know who was in the room and they didn't realize it yeah until diana looks at him tommy just in the shadow that
3: was freaking
2: amazing that That
3: cinematography i loved it
0: jimmy i didn't feel that sexual tension that you were getting at in the past couple of recordings but this one was hot like i was feeling it here and especially with the gina scene coming up i'm like okay that even puts it more on the board that Diana and Tommy Shelby could be a thing.
1: So what's the benefit uh, from Diana's perspective?
2: Why would she want to just throw this whoa, away? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's she the likes, benefit? Look She at likes Tommy powerful Shelby. men. She likes powerful men.
3: Yeah, look at Tommy Shelby. He's a good-looking dude. I, I, I Damn, really it's think good it's, now,
2: apparently, though. It's just like a fetish. It's like a, just, I was going
0: to say, I think she's just has a fetish for people of power because... Then in the bedroom, she could be a, a source of power over them, you know, kind of thing.
3: It's like I'm a collector of powerful men, you know. And it's mm-hmm. and I can mold like, them. To right, how I got Mosley, I got Tommy. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if she wanted Jack too, just because it's just like you said. It's not necessarily like I want you. It's just you know I'm controlling you. You know, that's just how she seems to be doing it.
1: If anybody was forgetting as a as an audience member about how morally corrupt she is though this was a quick reminder about yeah, the, the berlin talk and the mm-hmm. chancellor being in the room and just the insane just throwaway line about watching the the jewish person being tortured in front of them while they're just having their breakfast so yep. if you were forgetting this so girl is do, a yeah, whole do not is a cold bitch yeah. i
2: wonder what that's like as an actor having to deliver those lines the way that she does. It's very casual. She's just telling a story. And that was something that was happening in the background. Yeah.
3: And she's been the main one doing it. Oh, like yeah. Mosley obviously gives his speeches and he does the sign and says, you know, a couple things, but she brings up the cleansing. She brings up that story. You know, she's the actress that's being, you know, her lines are, are coming out and it's the worst of it, you know, and it, it would be interesting to talk to that actress to know, how it would feel to have to—you're basically taking yourself out of your mind and just saying it as a robot or something like that. Yeah,
2: seriously. She sells it. Yeah, she really does. I guess before we get into the actual business, just I guess we can get the Ada out of the way. I don't even want to say out of the way because it's a great Ada scene again. She's oh, mm-hmm. nothing but bangers this season from Ada. <laughs> but yep. uh, she gets that brick through her window from those Nazi cosplayers outside the window. And then mm-hmm. she just steps right out of the street with a gun like a Shelby because you yeah. don't fuck with
0: Shelby's.
3: Mm-hmm. So that's the first time. I mean, we knew it, but this is the first confirmation that the baby was born and that it's been it's like it's a girl. And it's because when we meet she- or Ada this season, she's obviously not pregnant. And we just assumed t- that the four years went by. Yeah. But. We never knew confirmation that it was a girl or anything like that. But now we know that she has a daughter and she's uh, biracial and she's having some problems now from, like you said, Kyle, kind of the Nazi cosplayers. And it seems like her son. It's crazy. I think, Luke, was it you that brought up how the son is a POS because of the chess scene, like yeah. how you brought that up yeah. this season? I uh, we joked that he's a sketch bag and he was just standing in. Tommy's office staring at, at the freaking fireplace and, you know, whatever, like he just seemed like a sketch bag. But I thought that that chess scene was just going to be a one and done trying to just prove the point that back in that time, it wouldn't be accepted that younger and Ada could be together. And I thought that was going to be the end of it, but they literally just pounded it down that Carl has these ideals and it's, and if you're fully right, Luke, it's just, he's a POS.
1: He's just, like, emo, and he's just a racist. Like, he he is the definition of, like, the people that Mosley's trying to just grassroots, like, grow through the fascism movement. And, like, that's the future of what Mosley and Deanna see for the country. And he's just the embodiment of it. And the craziest thing is, like, why? Like, Ada's got to be a great mother. I was just
0: going to bring that up. And, like, where did he learn these values? Because Ada, obviously... Does not care about that or any of that, and he does mention everything with uh school and how his friends say that you know being around a black person rubs off on you, and so I guess it's just that environment. I life. don't know if
2: they're ever going <laughs> to explain it. I, I just don't like. I don't think they're ever going to get a, an explanation for it. It's just gonna. It's gonna come to a head. I think at some point. I mean, she literally tells him like, "You're an idiot. You're fucking half Jewish. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Like you gotta <laughs> stop being an idiot. Yeah." yeah. I don't know no surprise yeah, I'm that shocked. he's shocked
0: no surprise yeah. that he's racist and stupid
3: yeah <laughs> i i like I said I wasn't expecting that hard of a push mm-hmm. of, of a scene for his character,
2: and that yeah. must just like break Ada's heart i mean geez yeah I oh, mean definitely. she must
3: obviously you know off scene or off, you know like <laughs> <laughs> all <set> when they <laughs> when they, all <laughs> set? when they call no, not offset <laughs> <laughs> she's like yeah man you you okay whatever i'm not (laughs) jesse eden dude but um no but i'm saying like there's obviously been off-screen development of this too you know he's probably done this to ada in times that we haven't been able to see it which you know like you said breaks her heart but this is where it comes to a head so far and awful scene awful awful scene for carl Jesus.
1: Added to the list of we got we got Carl, we got Duke, and then we got um, Carl, Duke and Finn as just three pieces of plot that I don't care about that have too much screen time that it feels like there needs to be some sort of payoff or what's the point? Well, Finn yeah. has no screen time. He's got two scenes, bro. Both funerals. <laughs> okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's only around when people die.
3: He's the only one who deserves the screen time because he's yep. been fleshed out yeah. for three seasons or four seasons, whatever it is. Yeah, you I'd
2: just, rather have Finn than Duke or Carl.
1: You just know we're going to this is going to be something we talk about after we've all watched episode six. It could be one of the first things we get out of the way. Like, did they freaking do it for us in some way <laughs> that we didn't foresee or yeah. did, was it just bad?
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah. But Back to what's actually doing it for us.
1: Well, no, no, no. Pin in the <laughs> pin in the of stuff because let's hit the other two that we catch up with real quick. We get Lizzie. Who, there's nothing really here. She's just breaking ah, down with uh, Ruby's horse and it's just. The epit- like this is what's been happening with her the whole ep- last couple yeah. episodes. So nothing really there unless you guys want to bring anything up. And then the other thing is just Arthur, who we kind of covered this already. He mm. br- he goes down to Chinatown, <laughs> relapses, <laughs> and. Then- I guess he's making enemies there. I don't really know.
0: Maybe it's just more about the fact that he's just collapsing some, and everything yeah. is crumbling in the, sh- in the Shelby household. For some reason, when he runs out with all that opium, I was just thinking of the Captain Jack Sparrow, like, get away. <laughs> 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 and with all that opium, just like. He didn't yeah. make so it obvi-
3: So obviously, this is a reaction to the fact that Ada told them you are not selling to Arthur or Tommy will take care of you. Yes. So Arthur goes in and says, sell to me. And they say no. And then he has to take beat him up and shit Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it wasn't like malicious
3: yeah it wasn't like he was like i'm just stealing your opium it was was literally we won't sell to you and he's like a junkie who says yeah you are i'm Mm -hmm. arthur and then you know
1: yeah And we can leave it at that we'll get more i'm sure next time we see arthur it's going to be very telling of like where his plot's going to end for this season he's either going to be a complete mess i don't see it being any other way to be honest he's just
0: going to be a complete mess probably in episode five Yeah. Two episodes to turn around, uh, opium addiction. That's, uh, it's not my
3: boy, my boy Al Capone will be there. Help (laughs) him out.
1: (laughs) Uh, but okay. I better not take an L on that one. Let's open it up for the, for the actual business. When Tommy sits down at the table.
3: Well, he's out of it, obviously, you know, he is, he's still the man and he can still show them enough that, you know, that that the show, he's a businessman to show he's Tommy Shelby and that, He's in the game with them, but the whole thing is showing that he's really just, his mind is elsewhere, 100%. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Even yep. when they, I also think, go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, even when they all come to agreements with letting the opium into the un- Boston, there's no reaction from his Yeah, face. he's just he's like, like, good. Yeah, he's like, this is all, this is fine.
2: Yeah, I also chose, uh, I'm sorry, but it just kind of shows in how the meeting went, too. I mean, it's like somewhat awkward. They just like it's just like a couple bullet points and then it's like, all right, let's uh let's get out of here. Especially because Diana literally says, well, well, I had a meeting in Germany and it went till the sun came up and all this shit. And this was just like the complete opposite of that.
0: I mean, this mm-hmm. this is the second one that they're having without well, Tommy wasn't there at the first one, but that first one was again straight to the point, just like this one. I don't think any of them I think they're all meant to be, even though the interactions are really good, it is meant to still be a little bit awkward and they're just at they're just business at the end of the day. And they were just okay. We got it, we got the agreement down. All right. That's it. See ya. I think the more interesting
1: aspect of this conversation, besides the fact that it pretty much goes smoothly as smoothly as you could hope for if you're Tommy, mm. um, is Jack. So Jack questioned Tommy slightly about his commitment to this whole idea because he's a socialist, but then Mosley actually steps in, and this is the whole purpose of Tommy's. Uh, collaboration with Mosley over these past four years is the idea that he is just building one of the biggest bases as a politician in, in England. And he's just mm-hmm. going to eventually flip the switch and go from socialism to independent. And then at that point, he can just from, from Nelson and Mosley's perspective, push him into whatever direction he wants to. When Nelson starts questioning Tommy's commitment, Mosley backs him up and says all these things and says, prove it physically, do the right." I don't even know what that say. Paris Jude, what is it? Paris Judah. The fascist. The fascist hand wave. Do this for him in front of his face, and as soon as he does, that's when Jack says, "You know, like uh, you're here after your daughter died. Like I get it. I I take this as an acceptance, and you can now start selling opium in Boston." And then, as Tommy's being distant, like we pointed out, Jack is one of the people that the camera focuses in on. As Jack noticing this about Tommy, so I don't mm-hmm. know if that's even going to come into play at all, but like Jack's not dumb and he's very like observant.
0: So he has this information now too. I think it's just more about him knowing that him just taking a note that Tommy is just not in a great place. And let me just use that to my advantage potentially later down the yeah. line. I also really like the, the camera angle style that we get in this episode. I feel like that's something very unique that I haven't seen done at least in a while. It kind of reminded me of like that 70 show. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But when the camera kept rotating around, I was just wondering, do the actors just sit there and wait for a second for the camera to get on them and then they start doing their I was just I thought it was still cool, but they it worked out really well. And I just added more tension to the scene by just focusing solely on one person at a time in that rotation to just emphasize they're all in one room and I just thought it was really good camera work right there.
2: That would be cool to see, like a behind the scenes on how they shot that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I did. I really. Think I, know,
2: I think I noticed that it went like quickly to everyone else, and then when it was going to Tommy, it like slowly went to Tommy.
0: Maybe mm-hmm. to purposely get the reactions of everyone else's views. That- yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: The music, though, too, at the end of this, <laughs> scene, when Jack like confirms that they can sell the opium and then it's like that little bit of silence and the music is like built. It literally the subtitle said music intensifies. <laughs> and I was That's... like, yeah, damn right it does. So
3: my two points th- that I want to say are, number one, love the, the writing, the subtle writing that you give Tommy here. He didn't say thank you when when Jack says you could sell opium in, in Boston. He said, good. That's Tommy Shelby, because that's, you know, he's making sure he's not under Jack. The other thing is, I wanted to ask you guys, did you think that we were finally going to have like a public meltdown in front of these people when we were getting the scene where he's like zoning out and staring at the rocking chair thing? Mm. And, you know, he does he does walk out and he's done with it when he's just like, all right, we're done here. But did you think that there was going to be any kind of public meltdown for once, which I 100 percent didn't want? But no. I was feeling like,
0: oh shit, is this happening here? I thought he was just gonna fire off some rounds like he did after, after <laughs> at he did, them. <laughs> you know, not at them, but just like how we did. Can you imagine? After like they're all in a meeting,
3: and all of a sudden he's just shooting bullets at the ceiling, and they're like, oh jeez.
0: <laughs> but I didn't honestly Diana, be wet across the table. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I must have you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, i didn't even notice it was a rocking chair when it first when he when it first zooms in on him looking at it I, it's I'm like a sitting horse there. thing right yeah i was sitting there processing i'm like what am i supposed to be looking at yeah it's ruby's toy but yeah. it was yeah they've clarified that it was ruby's toy which he eventually burned so luke did
3: you yeah. would you did you think anything or did you just think it was him zoning out and it was just, he was going to still be able to end the meeting fine and still in the right st- status quo that he's been in
1: I don't really know because I did just watch this like an hour ago. And when I was my my thought about that ending where it is weird, like what's he going to actually say? It's the first time in maybe ever of this series where I didn't feel that his like prowess was as. Like we're, we're saying he got, you know, he says good. So that's a little badass. He does a couple of things here, but it just felt like he left so much on the table that wasn't being said that that was what I was thinking about. I was like, what is he going to say? I thought he was going to break into an epic speech, kind of like mm-hmm. at the end of episode one, when, when he finally starts talking about the poetry and like, yeah you know, saying who's who in front of Michael and the Americans, I thought it was going to be something like that. So I was pretty surprised when he just, he doesn't even say meetings over. He just says good. And then stands up and leaves.
3: Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, there and i already said that when he's going to the meeting he's pretty much saying like i can do this i could do this it's in my head it's in my head like he's <laughs> he's psyching himself up i would like to count at how many words he actually says in this meeting and you could tell he's totally zoned out and there's the silence is killer yeah because there are plenty of times where jack talks to him and then there's that silence and even the good was was so long after jack says what he says that i thought. They were gonna be like tommy are you there yeah tommy you know and it was gonna be kind of like a breakdown of the meeting he still got out what he needed to get but he wasn't tommy taking control of the meeting and taking control on a high note of the end of a meeting like he usually does
1: yeah felt weird
3: yeah definitely
1: um all right before we get to the finale of this episode that doctor scene at the end let's quickly talk about what happens in between which is just tommy quickly has a conversation with lizzie right after this big meeting and then also the whole gina gray scene which is going to be fun to talk about but so you guys had quick comments on the lizzie part
2: yeah i can go first jimmy don't worry oh, okay so all right, i got all right. two quick comments one tommy shelby paper trail paper trail paper trail he's mm. a criminal he knows this Mm -hmm. so that's smart and then two is that my girl lizzie is just dying for some type of emotional connection she wants some level of of support from tommy and he is just incapable of giving it to her and it's just kind of hard
0: to watch to him it's just i'll give you the support later let me just get the work done now and it's like you really should give the support now
3: and now he's not (laughs) realizing that there isn't any support or time for support later Mm
0: -hmm. yeah but
3: Ever since, I mean, ever since the war, they talk about this so much how Tommy's changed. Since, you know, he was a smiling guy, he laughed a lot, he was totally different. The war happens and now he's quote unquote a robot or, you know, he's totally different. Well, besides just the war, now we have six seasons of him changing, especially between five and six. I don't know if Tommy was emotionally available enough for Lizzie at any point in these six seasons. Now it's like not even freaking close. Mm -hmm, Like you were (laughs) like, Kyle, you nailed it when it was the scene where it's in the rain at the end of the last episode Yeah, where you're just like, Oh my gosh,
2: please just (laughs) Just go go to her. Touch her. Put (laughs) a hand on her shoulder
3: or something. (laughs) My goodness. And this is the same thing. And it gets worse too with the whole him saying, you know, don't, she like goes to touch him and he's like, don't touch me. You know, not now, later. And I get it. It's the whole, like, if I break down now, I'll break down and I can't come back. And it's even like, even Lizzie says that at one point to Ada, when Ada's like, you can, you can cry or you can do whatever you need. And she's like, I need to be strong or I'll, I'll cry forever, whatever. That is fine. And that's been in millions of shows. And it's, it's a true statement, but you know, it's hard to say that to someone. It's literally your wife, the mother of your daughter. And it's like, yeah, not now. Not now. Let me do my business first and then we'll we'll take care of this later. It's like, what? Well, it's tough.
1: I don't really have anything else to add there. But the one thing I thought was pretty badass is just they casually just throw in the idea that Tommy just like has a has a photographic memory. He's like, if I, I could write everything down word for word right yeah. now for Churchill, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then it, it just kind of, you know, devolves into it. And he's drinking listing. whiskey
0: during it. Yeah, the- he's drinking some whiskey. Typewriters are just so inefficient, right? Because uh, if you them. mess up, right, you you have to scrap the whole thing and then restart. The well, thing. I mean, you
3: can you can like cross something out. Oh,
0: that's right. But that's
3: but, right. but yeah, it looks like shit. So if you're like a perfectionist, then yeah, you pretty much would have to redo everything.
0: Which Tommy definitely is. But yeah. Kyle, you said you had two points, and I cut you off. I think after the first one, and we already covered both of them. Nope. Okay.
3: Yeah, and then go into the Gina scene. Whew. This is crazy. I, this is wild. I, I, okay, so. They do, if you look in hindsight, have a scene where Gina looks at Mosley and it's kind of like when Mosley looks at the black swan Mm -hmm. from Swan Lake and he's like, I'm going to go bang the swan. Like there is a scene in one of the prior episodes when they first meet that they look at each other and it's like it now in hindsight, you can be like, it's that same kind of look. I never would have been like, yo, they're going to bang. Like Mm -hmm. I had no theory about that. I've never said it, but, but there is some hindsight on there, but I just. I don't know what else to say besides what I said in the very beginning. Like, it's a shame. I just think that they're misusing Anya Taylor-Joy as an actress. She's just going to be Tommy's blackmailing her to get info now. Mm -hmm. That's, That's just her character for the rest of the season. There's nothing else to her.
0: My big takeaway from this, I mentioned this to Luke before the podcast, but this does open a little bit of a can of worms here because... There's a small, small, small possibility of Michael now returning with Tommy, I think. Yes, I agree. Yep. Only if Tommy would accept them, though. That's the only reason why I was talking all that bullshit with the Chinese potentially being the movie characters, because if Gina cheats on Michael, who we knew was already if. very protect. Well, OK, when if she gets caught, is yeah, what you if mean. she gets yeah. caught. Yes, because yeah. we knew Michael was very protective of her, like the moment there are they have that discussion when he's in jail and he's mm. freaking out over. Don't you dare fucking cheat on me with Tommy. I mean, he does specifically right. say Tommy, not others, but if he finds out about this, to me, it seems like that would crush him. He seems to be more in love with her than she loves him. It's more of, I can use Michael mm. to get all of what I want. Um, so maybe in the end, there's a little bit of a redemption in Tommy's eyes for Michael to come back and join the squad. But I think it's really small. The, obviously, their relationship is so bad right now. It would take a lot to take Jack Nelson down. I feel like I have a hundred things to say about this team.
1: <laughs> I mean, the first, first thing I'm going to say right off the bat is I was jealous as fuck, obviously. <laughs> <But> <laughs> fair, fair. I want to talk about what you said, because I was that got to me when you said it off pod, like mm-hmm. right before we started here, about the idea that Michael, who knows what he how he's going to react to this, but this is like the most impactful scene to me for how i thought the movie was going to go in my head because oh, yeah, of this absolutely because i don't see a world where michael is fully committed to this gina thing against tommy ever again now because if at any point michael squads up with gina and even uncle jack he could just drop this and then right yeah. there there's that whole dispute And I, I actually love this so i think for the peaky blinders this is a hundred percent win this whole scene. Oh yeah. I agree. We got the, we got the spy being sent to Berlin, some, some leverage over Mosley and Gina, and then some, some leverage against Michael too. So it just felt like this was just an amazing scene. And this is the one that I said earlier was like a jaw drop because when he, when Mosley throws that leg down and it's fucking Anya, I was like, Jesus (laughs) Christ, where the fuck did this come from? Because Jimmy, I didn't, catch any of those innuendos in previous episodes either
3: yeah now if you go back and look there's just one scene and i remember the scene but again like i said i'm only doing it in hindsight and it's only it's one of those things where we we always joke about like they banging they're gonna bang Mm -hmm, like you know that kind of thing so if that goes in your head for a second like oh that scene are they gonna bang like that's a hindsight kind of thing now. But yeah, it, it, it's interesting. It will be interesting to go back and see their mm-hmm. their reaction or their uh,
2: interactions. I don't know. If, I don't think we'll ever get a confirmation of this. But I was wondering, the first thing I thought of was like, if Ada, like obviously, Ada must have given some type of report to Tommy after the meeting. Mm-hmm. And like, did she mention something like that? That, like, she knows right. something as well between the two of them. But he mm-hmm. also says that he knows that Mosley has that apartment.
3: I mean, he gets the call, and I love it. What's his response when he gets the call? I forget what it is. Like, I don't know. Whatever it is, he's just like, yeah, no shit, pretty much. Like, <laughs> And he's like, all right, I'm going to head over right now.
2: So Honestly, cool. dude, for, like, a half second, I thought it was Jack and her. Oh,
0: my God. No, but not like, I thought, I, thought were... I
2: thought, like, the relationship that they had, like, as... Uncle and niece was, was like was fake, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. So I was like, "Whoa, is this crazy?" <laughs>
3: yeah, I thought you were saying that that was Jack's leg, dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that mostly Jack. That's yeah. even better. That's even better. <laughs> That's even crazier. Yeah. Oh god. Wow. He would. I, Tommy I might just get down like that.
1: Tommy could control the world if that <laughs> yeah, was actually right? a thing, and he had oh that dirt. God, yeah. Yeah. Holy shit! But uh, the uh, last thing I'll say though is that this is the first time. I think since the beginning of season five that we've ever seen Gina rattled, and yep. she, yeah. she she played it fine as Tommy was leaving. But the second he leaves, she says "fuck." So um, like yeah. that's the first time we've ever
0: seen her on the back foot. I would say I'm pissed you brought that up because I was literally just about to say it. because actually the one time you can maybe count this or not is when Tommy mentions that he would sell to the Jews over Jack and You're right, said, no. Yeah, but You're this was right. like the first time she vividly was. This guy actually knows his shit. I just lost his battle.
2: (laughs) The last thing I want to say is that I love the fact that Ada uses like the whole gypsy gypsy reputation to like make a joke about like how they have these special powers, and then Tommy does the same exact thing in the scene where he's Uh like, you know, I'll know if you lie because like you know, and that's so good that she clearly lies to him, and he just he looks at her just chuckles and leaves
3: (laughs) and it's such a great reason for him to be able to ask that question yeah without there being any weird pretense or anything like that where he's just like is michael coming after me can i trust Mm -hmm. michael like what a great way to be able to ask the question and he obviously knows she's lying Mm -hmm. and there goes like what you said luke and dave she knows that he got her
1: yeah
0: but technically she didn't answer the question so maybe it's yeah, but that's the thing. Reason, Tommy, Tommy's you know? response is money, dude. Well, maybe it's ambiguous. I mean, maybe that makes it less ambiguous. But for me, when I after seeing the Gina cheating scene, thinking about Michael potentially coming back to the Shelbys when she doesn't explicitly say he's coming after you, I'm like, okay, like there's some potential here to, <sighs> to rehash the the old relationship. To me,
3: so. his response was like that. You just confirmed he is.
0: Yeah, but that but- is also how I took it.
3: The thing is, you know that Tommy will work with people if he needs to. He does it all the time. I could see Michael and Tommy joining forces as a I hate you kind of thing, but we have to work together. But I would never I can never see like Michael come back into the company. And like that just can't happen. I mean,
0: okay that that would make a little bit more sense as, as, you know, they come together to take down Jack, the IRA and and then and then and then maybe in the movie, Tommy freaking kills him. (laughs) Yeah, or and yeah, he becomes the villain like we thought in the the movie as a final showdown. But somebody's
3: gotta take over for Jack's spot, you know. Maybe Michael takes that part over and then he's he's the big dog. Maybe he has a side plan. You know, I we'll have to think about that once we get a little bit closer.
1: Hmm. All right, we ready to take her home? Because we got this last scene, and I know we got we I'm sure we have a million thoughts on it.
3: Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah.
1: This is where Tommy finally reads the letter that Lizzie's been trying to get him to open, and we find out that there's an urgent need for the doctors to talk to Tommy. So his personal doctor makes a house call because nobody can get a hold of him. And then we find the the shoe drops. We find out that he got an offshoot type of disease from Ruby's tuberculosis called tuber t- tuberculoma. Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. <laughs> yes. Tuberculosis. So it's a non-cancerous. Um, tumor that's also like on his brainstem, whatever it is, it's basically a death sentence.
3: Yeah, it's going to grow and kill him, but it's not contagious.
1: It's not contagious. And he is told he has roughly 18 months to live. Right. And then also that he's hiding it from Lizzie. That's the last thing.
2: I, I didn't take that. He had gotten it from her because Tommy's been sick before he saw her again because that's he say, true he as he had a seizure His seizure
3: on the boat, was on the boat on yeah. the way over unless yeah. she so think, unless she was sick and contagious without showing symptoms that that's, you know i
2: yeah the, the, the timelines for that don't match up i feel like they even went out of their way almost to say like it's not in, like because I, I thought it was going to be that he gave it to her because mm. she was sick got better and then got really sick once but he was possibly, actually around yeah it's but but the doctor said that he wasn't I yeah. thought it was going to be cancer because the doctor came in with no mask. So I was like, okay, like he doesn't think yeah. Tommy's actually sick. So I'm like, they're going to fucking tell him that he has cancer and I'm going to hate every second of it. And then they, <laughs> Which is, this. I mean, it
1: pretty much
3: is. Yeah, and then they like, did
2: this and I was like, oh, I don't really like it. So yeah. why?
1: What's the problem with it?
2: I just feel like after everything we've been through, after all of the, they and they keep, I guess they have the line where the doctor says, "You, I know you've defeated a lot of enemies, but you can't defeat this one. And I just, that's not the way i that was a little vision tommy going out you know
0: but i'm on your page no i I was going to introduce you into telling this because i think i'm on a little bit more of luke's side where i get where you're coming from kyle and maybe the 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 scene itself with the lines being a little bit cheesy like here's one enemy that you're gonna have to face that's internal okay corny a little bit but i'll let luke break it down a little bit more because i think i'm with him on this a little bit because i brought it up It was either last podcast or two episodes
1: ago on episode two where I said that the last thing in this world that I want for the ending of the show is for Tommy to have the same ending as Walter White. I don't want him to just die by one of these disputes, even if it was from Mosley, which isn't like a gangster death, but it's the same concept. I said that I would have preferred him to get sick and die like this. So this is pretty much check that box. So not that I predicted this was going to happen. I just I'm just taking I guess I'm just looking at it the opposite way where I prefer him to not actually be bested by one of these adversaries. I prefer it to be something like this. Or I said he can get away and be like Dexter where he just lives by himself. Yeah,
3: it's funny that you're saying like you don't want it to be water white because kind of it is in a way where like I would envision that's true. Tommy's, Tommy's like yeah. Walter's dying from cancer and he can't get his treatment and he basically throws his life away to save Jesse Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> Statue of limitations. We're done with that one. <laughs> but, you know, you could see Tommy doing the same thing. Like, I feel like Tommy, knowing his personality, would rather go out in a blaze of glory knowing he's going to be sick and die anyway than to just be like, all right, I do what I need to do. And now, just let me turn into somebody that has to have my loved ones take care of me at all times. Like, that's not Tommy. Tommy won't be able to deal with that. So I and we already know his suicidal tendencies from the last couple of seasons. Like, I honestly think it, it could be a situation where there's just like this one last thing he needs to do. And it's going to be a suicide mission, but it's going to make change the world somehow. And boom, you know,
1: I, I, I think that's a, just rough because yeah, why the yeah, fuck I would mean, you just copy? Exi- that is exactly yeah, breaking bad.
2: Exactly. I just feel like a part of, like, I would rather have it be like a hundred percent because Tommy is making this sacrifice because he, is turning that corner and it's right. like, I can do this for the world versus like, I'm going to die anyway. So. Okay. It, it just feels wrong. Yeah. That Tommy now is, has
0: a fucking terminal illness. Like, I think right. either what either way you, painted it's going to be a, a remake of something that's already been done in the past I you know fair. I mean, not, well yeah let me I actually mean, But say... i was also going to make the case too that <laughs> he was blinders making a good point all, there but, I'm yeah. all, I, but i also kind of see where you're coming from with that that noise if you want to call it that jimmy and that <laughs> peaky <laughs> blinders yeah but peaky blinders is such a very good show and it's already such a unique take on the gangster lifestyle with you know, a combination of a little bit of fantasy with historical fiction, or right. I guess that's what I'm going with non
3: fiction and fiction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Blend.
0: So I could see them taking a route that's very unique as well, but right now, just black and white, it seems like it's going to be a remake of something that's already been done to me. At least.
1: I mean, if you're going to tell me that he's going to go out and blaze glory, killing Hitler, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah right. right,
0: oh, right,
2: right. That's yeah. sweet. That's uh, awesome. It's, it's just that the the whole Terminal on this thing, just, it just leaves a bad taste at the moment. Also, it was it was literally the end of the episode. I mean, who yeah, knows yeah, yeah. Happen,
3: and but, Dave, well, my, my weird noise was because if you follow... Town TV's TikTok at Bensstown TV podcast you'll know mm-hmm. that we did a, a crazy TV fact that the creator of Piggy Blinder, Stephen Knight has never seen many great shows like he's never seen The Wire he's never seen Soprano like he's never seen a lot of the hit shows because he doesn't want to accidentally steal from them mm-hmm. and he says he doesn't often watch TV he doesn't often watch movies and he says well, yeah it's weird but it just I don't want to accidentally get any kind of
2: like I don't want to steal anything pretty much. That's, yeah. Mad respect for me. Yeah. That's has that's he seen Breaking bad. bad? I I don't remember. <laughs> if, <laughs> well, that's like the only show that he watches. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like,
0: fire. dude, I freaking <laughs>
3: love that ending, dude. I'm glad he hasn't seen Dexter, dude. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, okay, true. so let me just be crazy, okay? Cause you know I'm crazy. <laughs> Please. So I'm not putting this on the board, okay? I always have a crazy theory and I just would love to talk to you guys about it. And I just want to hear how crazy, or how hot of a take you guys think it is. And uh, I definitely think it's hot enough of a take where I'm not saying at all that I'm ready to put it on the board, but I just want to talk it out. So we have Tommy and I'm actually going to throw like the, the devil's advocate at myself too, where I might be defending against like for myself and against myself. But we have Tommy finding out that he has, An illness, you know, and it's going to kill him pretty much. He says, I have 18 months to live now, and that's going to be the trajectory towards the end of the season, the end of the movie. Like, how are you going to have a freaking movie without Tommy? Right. So what if this is what the 30s? Could this be fake? Could they be fucking with him? Now, the problem is here. Here's here's the devil's advocate. It's his doctor that he's had for a year plus. Right. So. The only way it's not like you're throwing a fake doctor in and just saying it to Tommy, you would have to have bought this doctor off. So that's the one thing that could be a little sketchy. The other thing is, I don't really I was actually thinking about this when I first watched it. And I was like, I don't really know any motive. The only person that could have a motive for this would be Churchill. And that would be because he thinks that fascism is is moving too fast. And he wants Tommy to move faster. So he mm-hmm. says, you know, so he fa- like literally it's back in the day. It could be an expert of anybody and they could be like, yeah, now here's the other devil's advocate. He's been having the seizures. And we had the exact conversation with the doctor being like, have you been having any hallucinations? Have you been having any seizures? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, so I can't really explain the seizures unless we were right in the first place. And the seizures are actually this lack of sleep and, and stress. And it's just a coincidence but I just wanted to put it on the board that, I mean, I don't want to put it on the board. I want to throw it to you guys that, like, what if someone was fucking with them, pretty much?
0: This uh, Let me go real quick, because this kind of ties into something that I wanted to talk about, too. So I might get us off a little bit off topic just for a second, but I'll try and bring us back into this conversation. So with the timeline of it being 12 to 18 months for him to live.
3: Until uh, Do, 12 to 18 months until he's not capable of being Tommy anymore. Pretty okay. much like it won't kill him at that point, but he's, ca- he needs dying. to be yeah. with people at, at
0: caring for him 24 seven. So, so pretty we,
3: much it's for so our intents my, and purposes.
0: Yeah. So where my mind was at when I heard that was, does the movie take place within that 12 to 18 time period? So the season will end. Does the movie take place within that 12 to 18 months or does he find a cure and then the movie takes place years later because twelve to eighteen months is not that long of a time skip for the younger characters to make. To me, at least, to make an impact in the show, like Carl, right, Charles, right, whoever right. else you want to throw into that bucket. So, with you, you bringing that, yeah, with you bringing up the idea that it's fake, that allows more time for the movie to be happen, farther in the future, farther in the future, and for those characters to develop. So, I think on paper that I that theory sounds a little ridiculous. But when you kind of make sense of it trying to fit it into the movie timeline, I can understand why you would say that this is fake or, you know, like I'm saying, like, maybe he finds a cure for it down the road because that's the only way to make up that time in the movie. Right.
3: I mean, the one thing that I will say and now in my defense is I didn't even think about it. Kyle, you said the timelines don't match up with them telling him straight up that they believe he got it from his daughter.
2: No, they didn't say that.
1: Yes, I, they did. I, yeah, they
3: did. The line was they, pretty much straight up like you
1: you got it from Ruby. So, what he said, the doctor is that the n- tuberculoma is an off is basically caused from the same bacteria that your daughter Ruby had tuberculosis except yours is not contagious versus hers is as contagious as if you give you a kiss, you can get this bacteria. Right. So, I think it's pretty just implied that while Tommy was home, he got this and and that's how I took it, yeah, too, is
0: that yeah. he got it from her. I was pissed because I, a couple, what was it, a f- couple ep- uh, podcast episodes ago, I was saying that I thought I thought they were personally related. I had mentioned that I thought Tommy and Ruby getting at the same time wasn't just a coincidence. I thought, personally, it was going to be more gypsy, cursed. Yeah, related, right. Mystical. Yeah. Rather yeah, than yeah. it being actual transmitted, but... Mm-hmm. I, I took it the same way as you did, Jim. I thought that it was just totally implied that he just got it from her.
3: So if you're saying that the timelines do match up, it would mean that they both got it together. Then Tommy went away and then they both got sick at the same time or the timelines don't match up. And Tommy got sick while he was away from Ruby. And then they came back together. And now they're trying to say, you got sick from Ruby, but he was already having the seizure. So someone's wrong. Now, Again, I definitely don't want to put this on the board. And if you want to talk out his actual enemies right now, Mosley and Jack, there is, there's no reason for them to fake him out because they'll just kill him if they want to just kill him. There's I don't see why there would be a reason to fake him out. The only reason I could think of was Churchill trying to speed up him doing his Tommy stuff to end the fascism.
0: And that it actually kind of sucks knowing that the movie's going to end at the start of world war ii oh I don't, I don't know that for sure oh, that's just, that what, the, sure? That's oh, just okay. what
3: the creator said like his plan eventually was like he that's his that was his hopes like years ago he said that
0: okay ago. so never mind what i was just about to say yeah. so luke take it away. so i think that's the
1: coolest theory ever if that came if what you're saying jimmy came became true where Ch- this was all orchestrated by churchill to speed up the downfall of fascism i think that would maybe be my favorite twist of the fucking like series i would love that maybe i, I mean, should have wrote, wrote that <laughs> uh i don't think it's true yeah, yeah but it would be like honestly one of the coolest things ever um but to dave what you were saying i think a cure is off the board i think that'd be I unrealistic because they,
3: they say to dumb. him it's incurable it's un- inoperable now you know tommy can make someone operate obviously that's mm-hmm. his deal like he could be tommy shelby and be like i don't care if i'm gonna die operate And make Arthur hold a gun to the surgeon's head or something. Mm -hmm. And maybe that could actually, maybe it's successful.
0: So then, my guess to you, Luke, my follow up question would be then do you think the movie takes place within the next 12 to 18 months?
1: So I'm still okay with them. they can be weird with the whole gypsy magic stuff, right? Like the curses, like, even though it doesn't have to be real, he could take it as real. And I wouldn't be surprised be if he gets a miracle recovery and somehow does survive this, but it would be like an episode, end of episode six kind of reveal. I, I really have no guesses there, but like, I, I like the idea of World War II being the end of the series too. So I'm I'm hoping that it does take place more than 18 months down the line if we're going to have any sort of like time
0: skip. Then if that's mm-hmm. the case, then Tommy would have to die at the end of the season or be a, cured in between, or be or at cured, the end. cured, yeah. Or, uh, yeah. or the it's fake. I,
2: I really think that they would have to write it so well for me to actually like it being a fake diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's this is my problem with the terminal illness thing in general. Like, if there is a miracle cure, I hate it. Like, I agree, if, and Tommy, that's... if Tommy becomes a vegetable, I hate it. Like, if if it's some whack twist that they don't write well, like obviously, yeah, I hate it. So, I just, I just think that the terminal illness. M- m- road kind of hard it puts for, a lot of yeah. pressure on the writing for the next two
0: episodes and potentially the movie it better not be just yeah. a flat out miracle that it's just like randomly gone yeah. i don't think they they obviously i don't think would do that but if it's just like he wakes up one day and it's gone it's that's yeah shocked. i was
2: dude i was if you would have fucking like two like 26 <laughs> seconds into that scene i would have put my life savings that he had lungs cancer
1: Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> or
2: liver cancer. I was like, All right. From I was the, like All from right, he's got whiskey. lung cancer. Like, yeah. just let us know. I yeah. took
1: a note that literally was like, Tommy has lung cancer, and I can <laughs> backspace it. Yeah.
3: And it's funny because I guess it's it's allowable. But if you remember him getting x-rayed, it did come yeah. up to his neck, I guess. But it's his brainstem that they're getting the picture of and showing his head in the picture. <laughs> whatever (laughs) i mean whatever it's it's because back in the day and i mean i thought it was actually cool i didn't i completely to be honest didn't know x-rays were a thing back then so all i'm gonna say is that i kind of came up with that weird theory just because i totally agree with you kyle where i just don't want the terminal on this thing so i was kind of just thinking of acceptable ways and i also agree with you where no way do i want them to just be like hey it's a cure. You're you're good now, which I think would be really awful. Yeah. Like yeah. Tommy's whole life. He doesn't get those kind of like miracles. And I think the whole point of this show, almost similar to Breaking Bad, is Tommy doesn't deserve any ma- miracles like that.
1: So now I'm just obsessing over the fact of this timeline, because now that's bothering the shit out of me that Kyle brought that up about how could it be from Ruby? And who knows if they're going to explain? It. I really hope there's there's something there of like how that timeline worked out. But I guess it's a point in lung cancer's favor, which I never thought I would ever say in my life. Um, I, w- I kind of wish it was because one, we wouldn't have this Ruby timeline issue. And then yeah. two, I think it's just more poetic because Tommy's always ripping SIGs, Like he yeah. should have lung cancer.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I, I just think that it's tough to say it's the TB tuberculoma thing because I mean, I think it's not tough to say because we saw that he wasn't wearing his mask and he was, he was in the hospital and stuff. But I think it's bad that they started showing the seizures too early if that's their their way yeah. of con- confirming it. That's you too know?
1: big of a miss for me. Because as
3: okay. soon as the doctor says, like, have you been having seizures? Have you been having hallucinations? Like, you could see in, in his eyes that he's like, oh, shit. And that's yeah. supposed to be in our eyes, too. Mm-hmm. And I... I didn't want the terminal on this, but I would have been fine if the whole point was like Tommy loved Ruby so much that he was just in there with her, no mask, blah, blah, blah. And he yep. and he gets sick. And and I we said it on the pod. We were like, maybe he'll get T B too. Like, but the thing is, TB twelve, dude, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, I just think that them saying or adding this seizure thing just kind of really weirds it out for me.
2: Yeah, honestly, I I think it would be have been very nice if it yeah. was that Tommy was with Ruby so much that he got sick and like that was kind of that sped up his timeline. Yep, yep, yeah. The world that could have been a, a somewhat poetically nice ending. I agree. It, it just right now just feels weird. I don't like it. Speaking
0: of spending time with Ruby, like we're gonna we're gonna have Lizzie who has been emphasized yeah. to have spent all if this time around Ruby yet. and yeah. then she not get
3: it. She messed, she messed up. up. She, always had yeah. a mask she was in not no, no, no. in Not when she was no, no, originally no. sick though. When yeah. she
0: was literally holding that cough rag to Ruby's mouth and her and blood, blood was yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. Like
3: they didn't mask her up until the hospital. Yeah. But it's tough, man. I mean, obviously you would. I'm trusting be worried that Charles is sick too and all that kind of stuff. But yeah,
0: will We'll th- see what happens. Yeah, I'm we'll see what happens. The, I'm trusting the critics and fans. But there's the no freaking theory. way. That yeah. is a good point. Yeah, it is. Yeah. People there's, liked it. There's the no way the benefit of the doubt. But people yeah. also don't dissect the show like we do because we have a podcast. Oh, I would say yeah. that's not accurate. There's a lot of super fans. I guess that's yeah. That's a, why yeah, they that's listen to Ben's Sound yeah. TV because they agree or
3: disagree with us. They want to hear get, all this stuff. They get their that's, news from us. That's why. That's why Luke left Marvel because he realized when you dissect Marvel, it doesn't really it does add not up.
1: Not fucking hold up.
3: No. <laughs> so true. Everybody, oh. check out our Marvel coverage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we love Marvel. Uh, let's do before we get out of here. Uh, this is a. I did this for the last episode, but let's do another board prediction here because it's we're getting to that point, and this is super relevant with Tommy's diagnosis. I want offshoot of what we were just talking about. Everyone's prediction for how Tommy dies or gets away. Like, what is do do we think he could be taken out by this disease? Is he going to go blazing glory, Breaking Bad style? Is he going to get cured? Just what is everybody's?
0: End of the movie prediction here I guess for Tommy's think- outcome. Do, do we Okay know? so you're Just saying really in the quick- movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, really yeah. quickly, do we know has, the movie has already been shot or is in shooting like No, this, no, it
3: comes a- out 2023. I don't think they start shooting yet, but he's on the poster. I mean, okay, well <laughs> it could that's be, that's, it that's could, the
0: kind of question I was asking. Is does is there any word of him in the movie But much. the poster came out pre dropping
3: the season on Netflix, so if, it, you're, it, if
1: you're bold enough to predict that he's dead at the end of this season, they do a whole Peaky Blinders movie without yeah, him, go ahead and say it because this is right. all the fucking yeah, yeah. I think <laughs>
2: right. that He's going to get sicker. The Caesars are going to get worse. He's going to go out in what we think is a blaze of glory. But then Johnny Dogs is gonna (laughs) donate his brain stem to Tommy. Oh my goodness. I (laughs) love it.
3: They're gonna do a little
2: transplant. And then for the movie, it's gonna be a mixture. His person he's gonna have two personalities.
0: It's gonna be half Tommy, (laughs) half Johnny
2: Dogs. That's like the ultimate person. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, (laughs) that's
0: all right. I'm gonna get mine in there. I don't want this to happen, but I unfortunately could see somehow Esme being a huge part of this because she did know a lot about the blue sapphire and a lot of the the repercussions that came with it. So, like what you were saying, Luke earlier, gypsy I, magic, I, gypsy magic, kind of way to get out of it in a mm-hmm. way that makes sense. So, I think it would ha- maybe have to do with Esme or Johnny Dogs. So, you think he lives and is cured? Um, yes, yeah, so I don't think he's going to be cured by the end of the. Or so I guess in your direct answer, I'm gonna say Tommy Shelby is cured at the end of the season, but in the movie he's gonna die at the end of the movie. Okay. Okay. Just like but normal gangster stuff you're saying. I guess I'll just go with the generic, yeah, gangster, gangster route saving his just the Walter White. Walter White.
3: Yeah, my my one answer is gonna be obviously what I just said, and and maybe he's faked out and it's Actually, he thinks he's sick, but he's not. So I'm my... putting that on the board. No, 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 no. That That's <laughs> like the way I'm saying it. Like my heart is saying it's just going to be Walter White. Like that's my heart right now. That's I just I'm wanted at. to talk that theory through with you guys. I felt like it was it was enough to talk about. But I, I'm you know, I, I can't. I, I do think there's merit to the Winston Churchill thing. But if you tell me like Mosley did it or something, then it, why? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I because think there is merit if you to just freaking shoot him in the head, if you want him to be dead. Yeah. Unless it's a similar thing where Mosley's like, I want to speed him up too, but the, I, I don't know. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Walter White.
1: Yeah, and I have nothing nothing to add here because I still think that it is going to be exactly like Breaking Bad, even though I, the path is there for him to have this crazy death that's not violence related, which is my what I want. Actually, mm. I really want him to live because that, to me, seems super unique and unlikely. And it would, if they mm. pull that off, would be amazing. But yeah, I think he's just going to die because he has nothing to lose and just gets murdered doing one of his his last mission. Okay. All right, that's fucking it, boys. We got two more episodes left. <sighs> oh my gosh, it's scary! Two more to think episodes. about that, man. I feel like we just went through this with the Last Kingdom, and then just, I'm getting anxiety yeah. a little bit. <laughs>
3: I'm so happy that you texted our Piggy Blinders chat and said, Luke, that you guys are going to do it on Monday because I thought you were going to do it Sunday. So I was going to watch five. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't because I saw the text. So I'm glad I could be on this episode. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. All right. All right, guys. Woo! We've been doing it like every single day. We took one day break. We're going to keep on rolling tomorrow. And the next day we're going to record five and six Our theories, they're going to be answered, whether our questions are going to be answered. Rather, our theories may be validated, maybe not. Who freaking knows? Probably not. We'll we'll find out the fate of our boy, Tommy Shelby. If you guys want to find out the fate and find out what we think about it, follow Bingetown TV, subscribe on YouTube, like on the channel. We appreciate every single subscriber. Follow us on any of your favorite podcast apps. We're on all of them. Check us out at BingetownTV.com. We do have a Patreon now patreon.com slash tv all of our exclusive contents on there just five dollars a month every new patron we really appreciate we talk to you guys on the messages it's a community and we're glad you guys decide to support us anything else guys nope all right once again we are bingetown tv and thank you so much for listening
0: you're listening to the geekscape network